Hallelujah. Well, look, look, look at Luke chapter 4. Welcome, Facebook. And I want to say a special, a special, I'm going to send a special word out to Pastor Sundagar, who started uh, Grace Life International. Today was his first service Amen. in the library of West Africa. I got a little clip. Did anybody get a little clip? Michelle, did you get a clip? It's a minute, 21 seconds. River Church helped with the inside stuff. They bought music stuff and all that kind of stuff. And them drums went to work, boy. They were worshiping, praise the Lord, having a big time. So today was his first day to pastor. Grace Life International. Glory to God. So we're proud of him. And we just know that amazing work's about to take place already. Look what, look what happened to Jesus. So if this happened to Jesus, it might happen to you. Other places, and Paul said, he said, we're writing these things in, as an example to you so that you might know what to do when it happens to you. Hmm? It is good to have some inside information. <laughs> it, was, it was funny to me, you know, what was it, three, four years ago, they, they repaved 42 right here. Took them forever. I thought, this ain't 65. It's, I mean, it's only three and a half miles long. But they had to take the bridge out about right, right in there. And there was detours way before you got down to here. But no, everyone had to come find out for themselves. And there's more people had to back up and turn around in our driveway for three months. It took them to replace that bridge. And they, they get down in and I say, well, I'll be. Bridge is out. <laughs> Just that old thing to say, MR pigs. MR not pigs. O-S-A-R. I'll be. MR pigs. <laughs> <laughs> so they'd have to come down here and check it out for themselves. Then they'd back up and say, and, and, and there was a couple of young guys, you know, and I could hear the mufflers, and, and I was thinking, oh, you ain't going to try that, are you? you know, you're not going to try the Burt Reynolds thing, you know, and uh, what was the thing, him and Sally Fields? Uh, Smoking the Bandit. Some of the young was just like, whom, whom, whom. And I'm thinking, don't be a fool and kill yourself. Just go around. Well, here's what happened to Jesus. How many know that Jesus was tempted? How many know how many days he was tempted? Four hours? <laughs> Forty minutes? Forty days? And he was in Maui, wasn't he? Or Honolulu? The Cayman Islands? Where is he at? The wilderness. Isn't that a fun place to be sent to? So the Spirit led him out there. And he was tempted, what, 40 days. And he had company. <laughs> he had company. Elijah came back down. <laughs> That's not the, there is a revised translation, but that would be the reverse translation. Now, Elijah didn't come down. How many know the, the enemy tempted him? Came to talk to him. I don't believe he was physically there but it was in his mind and his thoughts, his imagination. You need to know that because that's how he's going to come to you. That's why he tells you you have to take every thought captive. Jesus had to take every thought captive in his mind, so now you know how to take in his mind. And he tempted him three times, three different ways, and Jesus, Jesus never changed his tactics. 
He just says, well, it's, it, it's written. And he was hungry. Some of us can't make it without a few hours. I'm starving. My belly button's touching my spine bone. I mean, well, it don't, it don't look like it. <laughs> it looks more full gospel. <laughs> Forty days. Longest I've ever fasted was ten days. And um, they told John Osteen years ago, Joel's death. John said, my first two years, he said, he said, everyone, the devil sent everyone to Lakewood Church to try to destroy this church. He said, I mean, every devil... Every person the devil could use, he says, so someone, kind of, someone, kind of, someone came by and said, Pastor John, if you'll, if you'll fast, he said, for, he said, for two weeks, he said, the Lord will show up in your dreams and your visions. He said, he will. He said, oh, yeah. So he took, man, he wanted that. He took off with it. True story. I, I was there when he told it in, uh, in Houston. And he said, uh, so they asked him, he said, well, he said, well, did you have visions? He says, no. <laughs> he said, well, what happened the first day? He said, I was starving the first day. And he said, how about the second day? He said, I was really starving. And he said, well, you never had a vision? He said, well, I did. I did have visions. He said, the third day, he said, I started having visions of pizza, <laughs> fried chicken, hamburgers, french fries. He said, I had lots of those kind of visions, but never saw Jesus. Well, Jesus fasted 40 days. And that's generally when the area the demon wants to show up when he thinks that you're weak. But I want to tell you, if you're weak, you're strong. Hmm? Paul thought, you know, he needed to be strong all the time. And so he, he did things on his own and it didn't work out. That, ever, that probably never happened to you, but it happened to Paul one time. But I know, you know, we're, we've, we've, we've come along. Peter and John, all them, you know, they they were considered in one place. They said they were ignorant men. They were they were unknowing. They didn't know a lot. They didn't have the benefit of our cemetery. Excuse me, our seminary. And so all they had was just three and a half years with Jesus. That's all they had. And so. Jesus comes out of the wilderness and it says right here, verse 14, he returned in the power of the spirit unto Galilee and there went a fame of him throughout all the region about. He went from being tempted by the devil, fasting 40 days, 40 nights, kept on telling the devil every time he was tempted, hey, it's written. It's written. It's written. Notice he didn't point him to a song, have a little talk with Jesus. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. In the sweet by and by. We sing a lot of songs, you know, about crossing over the chilly Jordan. Y'all ever sing those songs? Most of our songs is about getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that bring most people to comfort is when we all get to what? I wish I could sing. Get to what? Then what a day. But until we get there, it's going to be hell for all of thee. <laughs> so do your best. <laughs> Shout for help, but not for me. Mm. No, so he said he returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. He returned in the power of what? Who's that? Who's, who's the Spirit? Come on. Yeah. So when you need help, who shows up? 
Who is the who is the helper? You need help? Jesus needed help, so he got help. The helper showed up. So he returned from this 40-day fast where he was weakened. And of course, at the end, as you know, if you go read it, the angels came and ministered to him after that last temptation with the devil. So the, and he says, I'm not worshiping you. You know, the, the devil said, look here, you're hungry, you're forsaken. I don't even, I, I mean, if you're the son of God, don't look like you are. I mean, it's like, my gosh, you're out here in the wilderness and you're, you're starving and, and you're, you're, you're a Messiah. You're the son of God. He says, I think, you know, if you are and you're hungry, just take those, take those stones and just turn them into bread. If Jesus had ever did any of that, he would never be Lord because he would have been acting on the words of the devil. You know, Christians act on the words of the devil all the time. You ought to give her a piece of your mind. <laughs> Don't you let anyone talk to you like that. I'm not looking at any of y'all. I mean, I'm just like. <laughs> Well, if the shoe fits, wear it anyway. <laughs> A lot of that's called Christian gossiping. You see, you didn't learn this in the Bible. You have to go to, you have to, go to the church to learn this kind of stuff. They don't call it gossiping. They're calling it sharing a testimony. Or Now, they call you up and say, did you, did you hear about Sister Clara? Now, what is it? Well, now, I'm not talking about her. I'm just sharing this, you know, as a testimony, you know, so we can pray. But let me tell you what she did. Well, they're not, they're not concerned about what she did. They're just, they're just gossiping. They just, they're a tongue wagger. Their tongue so long they can sit in the living room and, 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 and lick the spoon in the kitchen. And they call it, you know, sharing this testimonies to help Sister Claire. But all they're doing is gossiping. It's just slander. It's, it's demonic. It's evil. The Bible says the love of God will cover a multitude of sins. Not just, not, not just one, a multitude. Jesus said, they said, well, how, how many times would you forgive someone today? I bet, I bet you'd do it. Knowing you, you'd do it seven. He says, you, seven's a good number. He says, how about 70 times seven? Peter said, oh, my God, increase my faith. He said, 490 times? Forgive the same guy in one day for doing the same thing 490 times. He said, well, that's just a figure of speech. You know, he said, forgive him. Keep on forgiving him forever. Peter says, increase my faith. Jesus said, well, if you had faith, you'd be using it. You'd be saying something. Because it only takes a mustard seed to get anything done. Wow, they got... They've got brain cancer. Oh, my God, we've got to get a prayer chain going. What's the chain for? What you want a chain for? That's what they're going to use to lock Satan up with. What you need to do is, instead of have a chain, you need to get, get the chains off of them. Don't put her in chains. I know symbolically it's linking hands and uniting together. All you're really doing, and there's nothing wrong with agreeing. That, that is agreeing. And Jesus did teach it. It's for babies. Y'all didn't like that. But it, it's for babies. Laying on the hands, it's for babies. We're going to do it. I'll always do it. If you need hands laid on you, I've had hands laid on me, but it's for babies. 
Mark chapter 16 is not for Christians. Going and preaching the gospel is, but laying hands on the sick is for, it's, it's a sign to, it's, it's a sign. Mark 16 is, is for signs. And this should be a sign then, that you should lay hands on the sick. Who, who lays hands on the sick? The believer does. Not the apostle, the believer does. He lays hands on the sick people. So Mark 16 is for the unbeliever. The believer lays hands on the unbeliever. But we put that all in the church where the Christians are always laying hands on Christians. All, not altogether wrong, but I'm just saying, but, but we're still living in baby stuff. Y'all okay? Amen. What's the highest form? Speak. T.L. Osmond had to learn that for himself. He wore himself out trying to, trying to minister to five, you know, 50,000 people, 100,000 people. In the days, he wore their bodies out. And he asked the Lord, Lord, is there, any way, is, there, is there any way that you could heal two people one time? He says, I will. He says, well, thank you. So he, he laid hands on the husband and said, this will be for you and the wife, for the wife, you, for you and them, whatever. And they, and they still couldn't get through before sunset the next morning. So he asked, Lord, would you do four one time? He said, I will. See, the Lord just answered his question. Then he, he kept on going up and up and up. And the Lord said, he says, Lord, he says, this is still, he said, now the crowd's 100,000 people. He said, I know I shouldn't ask this, but is there any way that you could just do this from the stage? He said, well, that's the way to do it. He said, well, why didn't you tell me? He said, you never asked me. <laughs> well, you just speak the word only. You know why that works? See, you think you have more power by laying hands on people. Or you lay hands on someone because they have heart problems, so you put your hands on their heart. Nothing wrong with that, but you don't have to put your hands on their heart. You could put your hands on their elbow. The power knows where to go. I believe the power knows where to go. To be honest with you, anyone ever had a headache and you took aspirin, Tylenol, something to alleviate, to alleviate the problem? How, how, did, how, did the, how did the aspirin know where to go to? Did you have a conversation with it? Say, so now I'm hurting right, right here. And I'm going to swallow you in just a minute. And I, I'm going to, listen, listen. I'm going to swallow, and I need you to go right here. It's killing me. Oh, and I ain't supposed to say killing me. No, I'm not, no, I'm not. But the pain, I, I need you. Now, how many of you ever took the aspirin and put it right here on the side of your head where it's hurting? Did, did, did that, would that work? But that's where you're hurting. Don't work that way, does it? You got to get it on the inside. But do you, but you tell the aspirin, the Tylenol, where to go in your body? No, he just knows where to do. The highest form for the believer to receive it, and thank God there's all, there's all kind of ways. There's a way for the, for the unbeliever to get healed. There's a way for the, the baby Christian to get healed. There's a way for the carnal Christian to be healed, and there's a way for the spiritual Christian. God loves people so much, he made a way for anyone to get healed. The way baby Christians get healed is by laying on hands. The way the carnal believer, carnal just means they're ruled by their flesh and all their senses, is through communion. The way the spiritual Christian gets healed is he knows that Romans says, the same spirit that was raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body. And it's in you, it's not in heaven. So you release it from your spirit and you tell it where to go to your new body. That's for the spiritual Christian. That's why the centurion said, don't come to my house. I'm not even worthy. 
and you you can't be just a heavenly person. I mean, an earthly person like I am, because I understand authority. <clears throat> I you know I'm I I got men under me. When I tell people to go do something, they go do it. He said, the man mind that's sick, he says, and he does everything I tell him, but he's dying. So don't, I'm not even worried that you come to my house, but someone with your kind of authority, he said, you must be under the authority. What are you under? Amen. See, you have no authority of your own. Does, it, does the policeman of himself have authority? He has no authority. Of himself, can he just give you a ticket? He can't. So the man says, speak the word only, he'll be healed. And Jesus says, now that's great faith. He said, that's great faith. He only told two people in the gospel they had great faith, and neither one of them had a covenant. They were on the outside of the covenant. That and the Syrophoenician woman, you know, who came and said, my daughter's vexed with the devil. He says, <clears throat> they said, well, it don't belong to you. Healing belongs to the children's breath. And he said, you're, he said, you're a dog. It's like Jesus called you a dog. She said, well, that's, that's true. That's a smart woman. She said, it's true, I am a dog. They were called dogs. She, but, she said, but master, she said, even dogs get crumbs. Jesus said, oh, no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> He says, dogs get crumbs. He says, my, 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 my. And he said, that woman had great faith. And to all the people who had a covenant and the Jewish people, he just had to shake their head. He said, well, maybe it's not the will of God to heal so-and-so. Well, that can't be true because he healed everyone. In Matthew 8, the man came down. He says, I know you can do this, but I don't, don't know if you will. He said, I will. want to. Excited about it. Let's go. If I asked him to go, he went with him. He didn't say, well, why don't you just do like that centurion and just ask me to speak the word and save me some, you know, tread on my, <clears throat> on my Nikes. Well, he didn't wear Nikes. He wore those Galatian gliders. And, um, and so he, he would just go with them. Well, the policeman doesn't have any authority. And you don't have any authority. You say, well, I do. I have authority. No, you, you have zero authority. If you believe the Bible. Matthew 28, Jesus said, when he was raised from the dead, he said, all power belongs to me. Now, if all power belongs, all, see, that's, well, that's what happens to Christians is they don't, they don't read the scriptures right. That's where these doctrines that's been created by man, it's called doctrines of devils, has messed up people for so long. A good general rule of thumb was is, is it read at least seven verses before and seven verses after, and let's get some context to it. Because if you don't get context, you end up with a con. And so he said, go with me, and, and then Jesus would go. Well, when, when, when someone goes into the police academy, you see, here they are. They're, they're just an individual just like you. They have feelings and they have emotions and they have all, all sorts of things. They're just, they're just like you. I don't know if you know this, and I've read this before, and I, I don't know personally, I just know it from policemen who, who say this is true, that if a policeman's having home problems and he's frustrated, he'll write more tickets. 
So just believe that your route is you're someone who's got peace in their house. Because <laughs> if you're doing a little bit, whatever, you know, you might get sideways. You may have, an, uh, you know, if you believe in luck or unluck, you might have an unlucky day. But it's true that if a policeman's frustrated, he's frustrated at people. Now, you've never done this where you're, you're nice to your coworkers because you need to, and then you get home and you save all that love for your family. But you wouldn't do it at work because you can't do it at work. So you save it for the one you love the most. You say, well, I haven't had my second cup of coffee. I remember when I, I didn't think I could function without my, my cup of coffee and my, and my Marlboros. One, one before eight, and, you had to, and if you smoke, you had, to, you had to have one right after. Y'all halos, you know. <laughs> I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about when I was a teenager. When I, when I thought it was cool to smoke. And I told a guy one time, I was 16 years old, and I said, I said, I smoke. He said, you do? I said, yeah. I said, I smoke. He said, son, he said, you don't smoke. And I said, yes, I do. He said, no, son, the cigarette smoke. He said, you're just a sucker. <laughs> I said, a sucker for 10 years. I quit at a dollar ten a pack. It costs a lot of, a lot of money to kill yourself nowadays, about six dollars some a pack but the policeman he's trained and then when he, he's put out there he's deputized isn't he what's he supposed to do he's supposed to keep law and order that's what law is for people who are lawless that's what you are you're called and anointed of God Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me therefore he hath anointed me y'all didn't catch that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen. We think if we could get anointed, we could get the Spirit. Who taught us that backwards, church? If, I, <laughs> if the Lord would just anoint me, then the Spirit would come. No. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, therefore he hath anointed me. When God told to go to Jesse's house, to find David, what did he do? Because who was going to be king? David was going to be king. But the prophet's got to live in faith just like you do. He went down there in his natural thinking, and he, and he lined up all of his sons, and the first one's name was what? Eliab? I'm sure they didn't pronounce it that way back then, you know. But I'm going to call him Eliab. You'll call him whatever you want to. And, and the prophet said, who was it, Samuel? He says, surely the Lord, the, uh, this is the Lord's choice. He says, <clears throat> he said, no, he's not my choice. I thought about it, but I, he said, I refused him. He says, really? Because he's thinking, that, that, he looks like a king. So he went down to the next one like, I guess it's you. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. And he got to the end, all he got was no's. Well, his directions was to go pour oil, anoint the next king of Israel. He said, well, this is all your sons? He says, yeah, well, no, no. I got in that little run of a thing down there in the pasture, you know, fooling with a bunch of sheep down there. He said, you hear that music? He says, is that Led Zeppelin? He says, no, no. He said, that's ACDC. <laughs> On the highway to heaven. Some of y'all old enough know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> he was a musician, right? And, and, and he sang to the Lord, and, and he's playing his instrument, and he's singing, you know, and psalms and 
hymns and prayers, and he's, he's having a big time with them sheep. He don't care nothing about being no king. And his father don't think much of him because he's not even in the lineup. That's pretty bad, isn't it? I think the boy could have had a, an inf inf inferiority complex that the prophet's going to come to not want us, and you're not even invited for the lineup. But the Lord says, see, that's your problem. He says, you see like a man, and I don't. He says, you, you look on the outward appearance. He said, I'm looking at his heart. And that boy out there that's not even a lineup, he said, he's the king. When he got there, then the prophet said, wow, man, the, Lord, the, the, the Lord's choice is now. And so he anointed him. Oil, he poured oil upon him, symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Why did he anoint him? Because he, he'd already said in Samuel, he said, I chose him and my spirit came upon him. Now go anoint him. You're, you're, you're already God's choice. And the spirit has come upon you. Therefore, you're already anointed. You woke up anointed this morning. You say, well, I don't feel like it. That's because you're used to it. Now, I know you don't believe me, but that's okay. You don't have to believe me. So you're so used to the anointing that, 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 that you don't know. You, you just think it's Sunday, the 1st of August, and it is. But you don't, even, you don't even understand that the anointing is there and you're, and you're used to it. Uh, this is my 26th year of ministry. My second year, into my second year, was my first funeral. That was the thing I dreaded the most. I did not want to do funerals. I just, oh, I, just I, I had a fear of them. You know, this is not party time. This is people's emotions and feelings, and these aren't verses that I just have in here that just come flowing out. You know, because I don't, I, don't, I don't use them very often. And uh, so it was amazing that my first funeral, I was so worked up. And I thought, man, I wish I'd have paid attention at Raymond when they was doing funerals because I was never going to pastor. So they said, today we're going to cover how to do a funeral. Tomorrow we're going to cover how to do a wedding. And I put my head on my desk. I said, well, I ain't never going to be in a ministry. You know, I'm going to be a businessman and help the church. And uh, I'm going to send missionaries. All, I'm going to write checks. So I'm going to go and take me a good nap. Because I ain't never going to pastor. And here I am in my second year of pastoring, and someone up and dies on me. Has an accident and dies in the accident. And they said, and I'm like, and I know about confession, and I think I'm confessing. They will not call me and ask me to do guard. They will not. They will. They will not call me. Do not let them call me. I will, not, I will have nothing to do with this. I will send flour, smile, and make potato salad, and I will bring ham. In Jesus' name, do not call me. And they call me. Said, Pastor, we need to do the funeral. I was like, sorry. <laughs> And I made index cards because I needed some help. And I got under the tent, and I had, I had more index cards than your grandmama's recipe box. And I said, and the Bible said, hang on, the Bible said, uh, I, in my house are many, and my voice was shaking, mansions. If it were not so, and all of a sudden the wind came. We was in Verbena. And the wind came, and it blew all my cards <laughs> out of my hand. <laughs> I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> and and uh, 
And some of them was at my feet. And uh, the people were looking at me, and I looked at them. And then the casket's right there, and the people sitting in the chair next to it, and they're all looking at me. And if I would have had on a pair of Huggies, I'd have used them. <laughs> and I looked down, and I, and I had the number, which one they were, and I had like 27 cards. And I looked down at my feet, and there was number 16, and there was number 4, and there was number 12. And I, I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> and uh, I had this feeling, what you could do now, Biggin? <laughs> it was uh, Matt and Michelle. I guess she'd be your cousin, right? And she got saved right before she was killed in a boating accident. And I thought, Debbie, if there's room in that hole, can I get in there with you? <laughs> I just wanted to die. And I got there and my heart was. And he said, I heard quietly, he says, you lost your cards, but he says, but I'm here. And I, I closed my eyes for a moment, and all of a sudden, these words started coming up. And they were effortlessly. And they came up. And there was a peace. And the, the, the reason I talked about you're used to the anointing. See, I, I was used to the anointing to teach or preach in. It, it was the same thing, but it was so awkward for me. And I was, you know, I'd never done a funeral. And... So it, it, I was scared. I was nervous. I, I just wanted everything to be just right for the family. I, you know, I, I was trying to do my very best to help the family, and I was terrified. But all of a sudden, when I lost my crutch, I had nowhere to go but to him. Amen. And all of a sudden, I could tangibly feel him. I could tangibly, if, I, if you, I mean, it's my story. You say I don't believe it. I don't have to care. It's my, it's my testimony. <laughs> you, you may not like it, but it's true. It's, it's my life. Amen. <laughs> I could tangibly feel the anointing on me. And it came on me. It felt like it, it came upon me and empowered me. And I know this is going to sound crazy. I didn't, I, I didn't want Debbie to, to be gone, but I was kind of enjoying myself. And I said, you know, the Lord said so-and-so. And I know here today we have this and all this. He said, but here's the truth and all this. And, and, and then I just started preaching like I knew what I was doing. And I didn't know what I was doing. And that's what's in you. You came this morning anointed and you don't even know that you're anointed. Amen. But the Bible said in Corinthians, he who hath anointed you is God. Amen. So God thinks he's anointed you and he thinks it works. Amen. Now that's my introduction. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the name of Jesus for just a moment. And I want you to get this. I'm not trying to preach to you, but I, I, I want you to get this. This would be more Bible school fashion if I can do it. Do y'all have enough within you attentively to, to get this for a few minutes? Can y'all put your groceries thing aside? What you going to do after church for just a moment? Hmm? We're going to kill a few sacred cows this morning. We're going to kill them. We're going to slaughter them. And I do like birds. They don't think I like animals. I do like animals. I like animals. I like chickens. I really like cows. 
because they make good ribeyes. I like fish. I like turkeys. I tolerate doves. And if I was hungry, I'd probably like squirrels. So see, I am an animal lover. I like them close to me, more like inside. Just want to set the record straight. Acts 10.38 says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, with Holy Ghost power. Who went about doing what? Good and healing every other person. Only on Thursdays. Is that what your Bible says? Now, who was anointed? I'm teaching right now, not exhorting. I'm teaching. I'm driving it in. I'm trying, I, I, I want you to get this. I know you know this verse. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing what? Good and healing who? All. There's about four or five words that most Christians don't believe in. All is one of them. They think some. Every now and then. Grandmama. Mama and them. Now, he healed all who were what? Oppressed by. So where does oppression come from? The devil. And how was Jesus able to do this? Huh? Sit right there in the verse. Rick. Tell me. God was with who? Jesus. Now, and, and, how, and how did he free them from the devil? He was anointed by who? He was anointed by God. With what? Holy Ghost in what? And he took that Holy Ghost in power and sat in church and said amen and wrote notes. We're just going to believe for those people over there. Lord, just bless those people over on the coast. Of, uh, Lord, just bless those people over in, you know, South Africa. And Lord, bless, bless, Lord, go in your spirit to Peru and just minister to those people. Aren't you a wonderful Holy Ghost dispatcher? That's what the church does. We, we just pray that the Lord go and do these things. Y'all got quiet. Did you come up in that church idea? Where we, where, where we didn't go, and we didn't get the law saved, and we didn't go to the prison, and we didn't go to the nursing home, and we, if someone was real spiritual, then they were a missionary, and we, we, we thought if you was a missionary, you'd been to seminary, and you had 14 degrees behind your name, you know, and you were, you were some special class of person, whatever. And then we all, you know, we... we, we Roasted chickens and boiled them and fried them and had potato salad and we made cookies and brownies to get enough to send him a little bit over there. And we call that a missionary. You know, a missionary generally is if, 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 if you're willing to go and pay all your own way and then pay while you're there and leave, and, and leave them supplies and money and everything, that you can come. That's why most people don't want to go. <clears throat> They say, well, how much y'all paying me to come? Well, they're not paying you anything. But there are some missionaries to do because now they find the value of the word. They've been taught enough. They're saying, we need to, even if it's $12, which may be 1000 to us, 
They want to sow seed. And they ought to be taught that way. But we're supposed to be helping our fellow man. Right? Now, you're God's son. I'm your son. All of you are. You say, well, I'm a woman. No, 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 no don't, don't do that. See, you're, you, you're separating yourself from what God said it is. Don't separate. Don't take apart what God put together. The mystery of the marriage is that there's a man and he takes a wife and they become a woman and she takes his last name, right? And then that last name, she has the same rights. So it's his last name, but now it's also her name. And, the, and, and, the, and Paul said it's a mystery because the two has become one. Well, he that's joined to the Lord is how many spirits? One spirit. So do not separate yourself from what God has put together. So why do you think that you're supposed to get less results because you're a child of God than what Jesus God is a son of God? Because if I asked you if you was a child of God, you said yes. If I asked you if you was a son of God, you say yes. If I asked you, did you have the Holy Ghost like Jesus, you say yes. If I asked you, did he give you the great commission to go lay hands on the sick and preach the gospel, cast the say yes, but then we don't do it because we're thinking, you know, we, we, we need to do something. Now, let me have you think about this just a little bit. How, how many know the, the, the theory of evolution? That mankind came from this little embryonic stage and he was over here and maybe there was whatever, something, and some kind of cell came up. And then there was this an animal. Most people say, you know, it was an ape or some type of monkey. And over periods of years, the cell structures of this, and, and, and that's how we got mankind. Man came from the ape. You ever heard that? Well, I got a few questions for you. How come they're still apes? The oldest ones ought to have been turned by now. <laughs> right? But we still got some apey folks out there, some monkeys hanging out. So man was supposed to evolve from that. How many of you go with evolution? No one here? So how many of you believe in creation? You sure? You sure you believe in creation? Then how come we keep coming to church week after week after week trying to become who you already are? Why do we keep sitting under the same message to try to become something that we, we don't think we are yet when you tell me you already are? Old things passed away and all things are becoming new? Are you becoming born again? Are you becoming a new creature in Christ Jesus? No, either you are or you're not. Are you in Christ? Well, then you're a new creation. Are you the old man if you're born again? No, now you're the new man. Are you becoming anointed? No, you're already anointed. Is God working you into a ministry of reconciliation? No, he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. Does believers lay hands on the sick or does apostles do that? Believers do that. So why are we evolving all the time? And he said, would you receive the offering first? Well, I couldn't do that. Why? Because you're still evolving? Well, could, could you go with us on this mission trip and just do this part? I, 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 I just couldn't do that. Well, do you have the Holy Ghost? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I got the Holy Ghost back in 1987. Well, you've been carrying him 23 years and, and, and he can't do nothing. I thought you received power. Well, yeah, but my power ain't much. So you got a little bitty Holy Ghost. 
So when you got him, you said, Lord, I want the Holy Ghost, but I want, I want, I want a little bitty Holy Ghost. I want, I can't live the Holy Ghost. Okay, I got to leave the Holy Ghost. 1987, the evangelist came by and he preached on the Holy Ghost. I got, and I got to leave the Holy Ghost that night. Well, that, that, that won't work in life. In life, you need big Holy Ghost. <laughs> I said that to keep you awake for a few minutes. I want big Holy Ghost. If you're going to get Holy Ghost, get big Holy Ghost. There's the Indian, I want to be the chief with big Holy Ghost. Then we hit the drums. Big Holy Ghost, big Holy Ghost, big Holy Ghost. You send somebody out there think you got little Holy Ghost, they say, go out there. Now, they, they all got AIDS. Woo-hoo! That's not my ministry. Oh, yeah, aren't, aren't you sweet? So you're going to tear about half the Bible out? John G. Lake went out there and said, well, people were dying with the bubonic plague, and, and he's out there, and they, was, they were burying folks. And the people came from the military and said, what are you doing out here? What are you doing to, to protect yourself? How are y'all still alive? He said, well, we're, we're, we're protected. He said, how? He said, well, Romans 8.1. They said, what, what, do what? He said, Romans 8.1. That's how we're protecting ourselves. He says, you, you're going to have to explain that. He said, well, well I'll explain it. He said, it, 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 it's a law. I'm protected by the law. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has protected me from the law of sin and death. The life that's in me protects me from the death that's in them. They said, we don't understand. He said, I know you don't understand. He said, is he dead over there? He said, yeah, he just died about two minutes ago. He says, go over there and get some of that froth out of his mouth, draw it out with a syringe, and come put it in my hand, bring your microscope. He said, you want me to put, he said, yes, that's in his lungs, because the cells are still moving if he just died, and bring your microscope up here, and I'll explain to you. I'll explain, like Ricardo, explain, Lucy. And they brought the microscope and they put the, the fluid in his hands and the cells was going like this. And, and John G. Lake said nothing. He didn't have to say anything. And all of a sudden the cells stopped. They said, the cells aren't moving. He says, because they died. He said, how, how did they die? He says, the life in me killed them. Without saying a word to them. See, the Holy Ghost knows your intention. You don't have to use the right words. You don't have to know every medical thing of a person to lay hands on. Now, I'm going to go to get a doctor report so we can know how to pray. Where did you learn that from? Who taught you that? From the Bible? Could you say people come to Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm blind Bartimaeus. I can't see. Could you help me? Well, what's the matter? I can't see. Well, is it the... Is it the optic nerves or the red? I, I don't know. He says, well, I'll be back through here next Thursday. You go to your doctor and find out what it is. That way I'll know how to pray. <laughs> okay, Jesus. Uh, okay, I'll see you next Thursday. Where do we get that from? Church? Religion? Hmm? No one has this thing all right. Nobody does. But some of the people that, that were the greatest at doing this only had one or two nuggets to the thing, and they knew those things. I, there's so many things that we could learn, but if you just understood the power that there is in the name of Jesus, you, you could handle everything. Right? Is the name of Jesus above every name? Yes. Every name. You believe that. Is he over principality? 
Empower, now, now you understand there's, there's classes of demons in order and strength. Principalities is the weakest thing out there. They're like mosquitoes in your face. They won't get out of your face. They have almost no power. They're aggravators. They're like, whatever. They just look constantly. You ever been outside trying to eat flies in your face up there? You're having an outside dinner. It's like, this is a good hamburger. And the, and the fly says, sure is. You go down there. That's principalities. Powers is the bee that stings you. Pop! You know about that, don't you? Three times this week. <laughs> Better stop paying your ties. No, I was kidding. <laughs> then powers. And then rulers. But are any of those, do they have authority over Jesus? Does Jesus have supreme power in the heavens? How about in the earth? How about beneath the earth? He does. And you believe that. But did you know his name is your name? Do you know that? His name is your name. And if you be Christ, well, and you're Abraham's seed, are you an heir? Are you a joint heir? He, he that has joined the Lord has become what? How many spirits? One spirit. Did the Holy Spirit say, well, I'll tell you what, let's just, uh, I'll just take your spirit and I'll be one with you, with your spirit. <laughs> no, no. You, you became one with his spirit, right? You say, well, I, I got sickness. Hold your hand up. You say, I, I got sickness, your finger. This is the body. Can y'all see this? This is the body. My body, th this body don't feel good. It's sick. Can y'all see that? And the devil goes, now, if I put a lot of pressure, can you feel my hand? Mm -hmm. Is it more pain? Is it more pain? Ow. Ow. Did you feel the pain before I did this? No. All right, leave it up. Do you feel pain? Mm -mm. So, oh, you mean the finger's healed? Is the finger healed and healthy? Yeah. Yes. But how about now? It hurts. Oh, it hurts. Where's the hurting come from? Is it coming from the healed body? Or is it coming from the pressure of the devil? Pressure. So what are we supposed to do? Deal, deal with this or deal with this? Deal with the devil. How we deal with him? You say, well, I rebuke you. Well, that won't work. See, you, you can say, I rebuke you, devil, and he won't go nowhere because he's persistent. You've got to rebuke him and tell him what to do and where to go. So you talk to the finger. You talk to the pain. You talk to the, what, the, the bursitis, the arthritis, the blindness. You tell that where to go. Rebuking the devil will just say, if I just rebuke you, devil, he'll say, Okay, so you slap me in the face, so you, you Christian cuss me, you know, or just whatever. But he, he's not going anywhere. He only goes and does. The Bible says, whatever you bind on earth, he says, heaven backs it up. Whatever you loose, heaven backs that up. He says, so it starts with you. Because all power has been given to me, Jesus said. And so if he has all power, that means the devil has zero power. The policeman has zero power until he's authorized. So we have no power in and of ourselves, but we have his power. Now, I know I've preached this time and time again, but we've got to get this. We have, we have the name of Jesus, which is above all names, but it's not your power, and Jesus wasn't willing to give it to you. He was, he was never willing to give you his name or his, the power, and it'd be your power. Because he knew the same thing would happen to you happened to Adam, and he says, we ain't doing that no more. So you have, you have his power. You say, well, I, I, I just don't believe that. 
Well, let, let, let me just go a little bit further than that. So when you pray for sick people, if you don't believe that, you say in the name of what? Jesus. Jesus. Well, if, it's your, if, if you have authority and you have power, why don't you just say, in the, if your name's George, why don't you say in the name of George? You don't do that, do you? Do you use your name? Do you say in the name of your name? If your name is George, you say, Bill, do you say in the name of Bill be healed? Why? Because in and of yourself, you don't, have, you don't have the authority. But he said, but you can, you can have the authority. You can use the authority in my name. And the reason why you should get the same results, because it's not you. That would help you. It would help all of us to understand the, it's his authority. So, it, so when you speak, it's, not, it, it's your voice speaking, but it's actually... Him in you, speaking through you with your words. And the devil has to obey that if he knows that you know that. Amen. He says, they're really healed and their body feels like it's in a lot of pain, but it's, it's only in pain because I'm going like this to the back of their spine or their joints and their headache and their earache. And he said, I'm going like this. And if they knew how to do it, they would make me go away and then all this would just be okay then. Amen. Amen. Now let's finish up right here for Acts chapter 3. So we know, we see Jesus was anointed. And this is in Jesus healed all that were sick. How many? All that were sick. Why were they sick? Well, because the devil oppressed them. Did God oppress them with sickness? Now, I, I, I know you're trained people, so I know here you're not. But I, I come up not knowing who did it. Some of y'all may have went to a church like that. I, I, I came up sometime and I thought, well, you know, it, probably the devil, but depending on the person, it could be God. I mean, that's the church I grew up in. Did you grow up in a church like that, that you wasn't sure? That's why they said, you know, you know, sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. And if you don't say that, it says what? Maybe you're wait a while. I need that verse. It, 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 it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. It's, just, it's, it's not in the Bible. So why, why, why would we keep saying it? When, when did Jesus ever say no? You can't find one time he ever refused anyone. Just, the, just that Syrophoenician woman said, he says, you, you don't have a covenant, you're a dog. She said, I know I'm a dog, but just give me a crumb. And he says, my gosh. You know, so so, so you, know, you know what faith did for her? It was not her covenant at that time, but it was going to be her covenant, right? So her faith, which is right now, see, faith is right now. It's not, it's not 10 years ago or 40 years ago. God lives in right now. So since she got in faith, her faith took into a covenant that she wasn't even in yet. And God said, okay, your, your faith just took you into a covenant. He says, your faith has just crucified me and raised me from the dead. He says, so go back home. He says, that devil will leave your daughter alone. And it won't attack her anymore, which would really help in the household because it's tough on the curtains and the furniture when you got someone oppressed with the devil or possessed. I mean, it's hard to keep a good lazy baby. You know, they're crawling and ah, and the curtains, it's, it's tough. Back when people had wallpaper, they, dang, they had to put new wallpaper in. Tough, 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 tough. <laughs> so you got to have fun. See, if you don't have fun in ministry, you're going to burn out. I used to be really serious when I got started, and I thought by the first year, I'd just shoot myself. You got to have fun doing this, even if it's hard. I was kidding someone 
uh, we were talking about yesterday, I said, well, we planted a church in Africa, and I've never been on a mission trip in my life. But I have left the country twice, but it was on cruise ships. <laughs> Bo, does that qualify me being on a mission trip? <laughs> but I didn't leave the, the floating trough. <laughs> but there were lost people on that ship, I'm sure. I should have asked some of them. Now watch here. So God didn't make him sick, did he? Well, okay, you say, well, now God didn't, but Satan, but God let Satan, or, or he used him. I went to that church. But God never uses satanic oppression because this man was oppressed. I don't know if, I, I, I know you know, but I'm talking about to people who don't know and people who are listening. That may, you know, maybe I've missed it and maybe God's dealing with me or God, because I've missed it or, I may, or I've sinned that God's paying me back or he's teaching me a lesson. I, I, I grew up in that church. And because we all miss it from time to time, we miss the mark. Sin means you miss the mark. We don't know if it's the God doing it or the devil doing it. Who's doing it? We just know we need help. So he said Jesus was anointed to heal them because God was with him. Here's my question to you. Is God with you? He's with Jesus. Is he with you? Yes. Jesus was called to heal the sick. Are you? Y'all yes. with me so far? Yes. Don't, don't, don't let me lose you. Are you anointed with power as Jesus was? Yes. You believe that? Yes. You're not an evolution? You're a creation? Yes. Are, you, are, are, are you still evolving? Yes. Are, you, are, are you going from Hey. <laughs> I mean, I like bananas. I like bananas. I guess monkeys and apes. I, mean, I like them. They're, they can be very, you know, rather appealing. So God's with you. You said he was. Jesus healed the sick. You tell me you're, you're called to do that. He was anointed with power. You tell me you are. He set the captive free. So was God, so was God with Jesus. Yes. Now, 1 John 2, 27, I'm going to read it real quick. Maybe it's on the screen, maybe it's not, I don't know. 1 John 2, 27, New King James Version says this, but the anointing which you have received from him, from who? Seminary. Apostle so-and-so laid hands on you, and you got the anointing. Where do we get all this from in the New Testament? Well, we laid hands on so-and-so. If I, if I could just get to Brother Brandon and get his anointing. What you want his anointing for? You're not him. Why do people still go lay on William Brandon's grave and John G. Lake's grave? I, I ain't laying on John G. Lake's grave. Wouldn't that look strange? You lay on a grave and someone comes to the graveyard and, and you and you laying face down on the grave, stretched out like, buddy, you okay? Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to soak up this man's anointing who died, you know, Decades ago, trying to suck it up through this, through this, uh, through the ground, through the casket, and through the dead bones, and up through the concrete. And I'm just laying here, but I don't feel no different. Got a few ant bites and mosquitoes all over me, trying to get the anointing. <clears throat> well, he got the anointing. Use God. What you want? What you want John's anointing for when you got Jesus anointing? There's another sacred cow. When Brother Hagen passed away, I, I hate to say this. The people who went to school where I did, they, they called me and said, 
we'd like to come do a healing meeting for you because we, 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 we tangibly felt Brother Higgins knowing to come on us when he left. I said, we're full up. They dissected Brother Hagin in so many pieces, he was like fragments. Oh, we got his anointing. You do? Yeah. I said, what did you have before then? Well, the Lord anointed us. I said, so he upgraded you to Brother Higgins? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, 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 just think. I mean, you know, I mean, just like, what was you doing before you got Brother Higgins anointed, before he died? Well, the, the, the Lord had anointed us. And I said, so you're going to throw that aside and pick up Brother Higgins? And, and they're like, well, that's not what I'm saying. I said, well, what are you saying? Well, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. I said, well, how far would you go to say what you believe? Hmm? Then I'm going to let him come in here all confused, lay hands on you. Dear Lord, who knows what they important to you when they lay hands on you. I, I don't want to let just anybody lay hands on me. I don't know where they're being, what they're doing. They might be imparting all kind of stuff into you. I've had people tell me before, say, I, can, can I speak a word into your life? I said, no. Uh, I don't know who you are. I said, you can speak a word, then I'll decide whether it goes into my life. Huh? You know how the devil gets in people? Through their eyes and their ears and what they see and what they hear. Oh, yeah, well, just go and speak. I don't know where you are. Been serving the devil 30 years and just got saved, halfway saved last night, you know, drinking that last vodka down. And now they got, they got a word for you. Let me lay hands on you. Slept with seven, seven men's wives this week, and, but, but I think I got Jesus now that kind of lay hands on you. Heck no. Mm. Y'all okay? Man. This is church, right? Can we talk about stuff in church? This is kind of like what life works like. Right. Amen. You, you may not see it in Jimmys and Clanton and Thorsby and wherever you go, but, but, but if you go out in some places in the city and you go to Mission Fields, you're going you, you to run into devils. You can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't go in there where devils have, have had a region for years and, and with your having a little talk with Jesus. They're going to the, they eat Psalm 199 up for lunch. You've got to go in there with, I'm a son of God. Amen. Are you a son of God? Yes. If you're a woman, are you a son of God? Yes. Because he that the Lord joined, do not put us under, right? I'm a son of God who serves. So I'm a son of God, son of who, God. Serves. who serves, but I don't serve God. Know what? Can you, can you go with me in faith? You're a son. See, there's different classifications between a son and a servant. You're not a servant. You're a son. In Abraham's day, Abraham was called a friend, but you're not a friend. Coming to the new covenant, you're not a, you're not a friend anymore. You've been upclassed to a son. Say, I'm, say I'm, a son, I'm, the, I'm the son of God, son of God. Who, serves. who serves. Now, who do you serve? You serve people. So when you go to, when you go to Peru and you, the two of you went over and you ministered to those people and you helped them and you blessed them, who was you serving? You was actually serving the people because you're a son. So you're a son who serves. You say, where do you get that from? Philippians chapter 2. He, was, he is the Son of God. He was God, but he took that off and became a man. And who did he serve? People. So when you know that you're a son of God, you take that and you, and, and you of yourself become a servant, but you're not serving God, you're serving people. Because you're coming as him. You're coming as Jesus. Who did Jesus serve? He said, I came to seek and save that which was lost. God wasn't lost. 
God didn't need healing. God didn't need deliverance. You did. Well, I don't have a ministry along those lines. Yes, you do. You have the ministry of reconciliation. Quit talking about gifts and, and calling them, well, I got a gift of healing hearts and I got a gift of he, you know, healing shoulders and I got a gift like this. Well, you, you've had faith in those areas and, and you've used faith in those areas, but, but you have it all. all. All that is in you. Amen. Right? Because if you just had the key, the name of Jesus, that's, what all, that's all Peter and John had. They didn't have no Bible to read. But they, they got that down, the name of Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best here. Here we go. But the anointing which you receive from him abides where? In you. What does abide mean? It means it lives there. Now, who's the anointing? Come on, talk to me. Who's the anointing? You got it? Holy Spirit. Where does he live? In you. Who, who told you that he's, he's so offensive that if two people is talking in the back of the room, he's offended and he leaves? Well, I, I'm not going to stay here anymore. They got up and went to the bathroom. Did you hear that growing up some? Some, some man or that? Well, they was over there clipping their fingernails. Well, they shouldn't be doing that. Anyone who cleans the church, then knows they ever, there's at least one, two family, who, you know, who does their grocery list and, and does that. I mean, I, I get, they know, they know which family it comes from. Maybe he'll be through in a few minutes. I, I guess I'm going to cut these nails that was on tomorrow, but I'll go ahead and do today because he's, he's long-winded today. Well, I'm long-winded because you've got a short memory. If he's long on memory, I'd be short on talk. <laughs> but you, so the, the anointing abides in you. So we've been told, you know, sometimes, well, uh, let, let's pray while the Holy Ghost is here. There's, a, there's anointing right now to lay hands on the sick, but, but we've got to move fast because I don't know how long it's going to be here. Where'd you get that from? Out of the camp I came from. Have you ever heard someone, well, there's a healing anointing, there's a healing anointing now to minister to the sick. But if, if, if that's not tangible, we can always just minister to you in faith. How many of you ever heard that? Me. You've heard me teach it. You, what are you saying? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The anointing does what? The Holy Spirit abides in you. So just ask the question. So if, if there was a healing anointing to minister to the sick, how long does he stay? Because we, we've been taught, we, we don't know. But right now there's a healing noise. So, so, so people run, knock each other over. I've been in services where people knocked each other over because, we, we, I mean, it's like the go. I was in a service a few months ago. There was an elderly person there. And the pastor said, there's an anointing here to minister to so-and-so. And that guy had that situation. And he was doing all he could with the can to get there. And the pastor said, hurry up now. We don't know how long the anointing is going to be here. And he was doing all he could. I could hear him in pain all the way trying to get up there. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, Lord, don't put him through that. Well, why couldn't you just go to him? Can't the anointing walk? <laughs> huh? Why does the anointing have to have a, 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 a $10 million jet to get you there so, so that you know, things can't touch me before I talk to the people? Well, we need to protect the anointing. I thought it protected you. 
Hmm? When, they, when Jesus preached in Luke chapter 4 and he told them that, were they happy? No, they weren't happy. That was blasphemy to them, so what did they try to do with him? Kill him, throw him off a cliff. You preach and they want to throw you off a cliff. Did they throw him off a cliff? They couldn't do it, could they? You know why? The Holy Spirit, the anointing, protected him. Was, is it Jesus, is it your job to protect the Holy Spirit? <laughs> do, do you have to think about that very long? <laughs> well, the Holy Spirit's in danger. <laughs> he needs me. <laughs> and he can be offended real easy now. Well, he can't be grieved. We know he can be grieved. But that doesn't mean he's going to leave town. Because he got some carnal Christian over there, you know, clipping their finger. He said, I ain't staying in here. <laughs> so, he, so he just jumps off. So when he's here, we like, we, we better get there. Because after that, we're just going to get past her. Looks to me like he lives here. And, 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 and it, I, see, I, I think this way. I'm sorry that I do, but I think this way. So if the healing and anointing stops, then where, where does he go when he stops? Is, does he have a break room somewhere? I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't know where he goes when he stops. Y'all help me. I don't know. Where does he go? <laughs> have, you, have you ever th thought to ask these questions? Well, there was a healing anointing here five minutes ago. Now we just have to do it in faith. Well, help, oh, Lord, help us. We all now, all we got is faith. You know why it stops? You know the real reason why it stops? You want me to tell you? The minister's tired. He's taxed out for ministering and ministering to people, so he's tired. So we've come up with these things to, to suffice our thinking and say, well, there's a heat anointing, and, and he just goes so far, and then, then we'll just have to minister in faith because he's not here to do that anymore. And we sing songs about glory come down and pass and come by and touch us and all that kind of stuff. Where is the glory? It's in you. See, everything in the kingdom is in you. It's supposed to rise up, not fall down. Amen. The whole church trying to get to fall down. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, why don't you look this way? If you get a milkshake, do you try to get the milkshake to come down on top of your head? Where's that? It's in the cup and it does what? They put your straw in there to do what? Suck it up. Suck it up. You sick? Suck your healing up. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> or you can get a butterfinger blizzard and suck it up. So it, it abides in you, right? Now let me move faster. So now the anointing, who is Holy Spirit, is who God uses to teach you. True? According to 1 Corinthians 2.27, the Holy Ghost is your teacher. So if you're saying sickness is God's way of teaching you, that means Holy Spirit is a disease. I came from that church. They told us why brother so-and-so had that because he hadn't been doing this and he'd done that and they found he'd been off drinking and carousing with some other women. And there wasn't no time he was sick and then we said he's sick because he's doing this. So now the Holy Spirit has become the sickness and the disease to teach you. Jesus come to destroy those who were oppressed of the devil. But if now the Lord's doing what the devil does, the Holy Spirit has become the oppressor and the disease and the sickness. And let me ask you this. Who's anointed enough 
to cast out the Holy Spirit from oppressing someone. And if the Lord is teaching you something, then you don't need to get rid of it. If he's really teaching you a cancer, you need to keep it. Why would you go to the doctor to try to get rid of what God's given you if he's given you that? Why are you taking medicine to get rid of something if God's teaching you something? You ought to ask God for more of it. You ought to believe an epidemic of that sickness and disease breaks out in your family so your whole family can learn what you're learning. You say, well, that's kind of foolish. No, it's just right down stupid is what it is. It's not even ignorant. It's stupid. If sickness can make you a better person, then why are you going to the doctor? Matthew 12, 25, Jesus said, A kingdom divided against itself, it cannot stand. Well, what are you going to do with that? A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. So if God is, is, is making people sick and, and then Jesus is healing, we have a problem in the Trinity right here. God's making them sick and Jesus is trying to get them off of them. He said, Lord, please, Father, that's enough. They've learned, I think. Please. I'm down here, I've got to live with them. <laughs> it's a wonder anybody's ever got saved or healed. It is. You went to a church like that. I went to a church like that. And we wonder why people don't want to come to church. Who, who'd want to come to something like that? I feel, I, I, sometimes I feel bad enough. I don't want to come be, maybe feel worse. Then they'd run people up in the front of our church, want to join the church, and then we'd have to vote on it to see if they was worthy of membership. And I physically watched a couple. They got turned down in front of everybody. Says, well, we, we, you know, you ain't been a Christian long and... They weren't asking the priest. They wanted to join the church. They got saved. They said, can we be a member here? In front of everybody, they said, not yet. Who got, they were saved. I watched them get saved. I watched the tears and the crying and the saved. And then they were rejected two weeks later because they had been living together for a while and been together. But they, they said, this is wrong. And they wanted to get saved and make everything right. But the church wanted to see if it was going to stick. Now, who saved them? Jesus, who was in them? Jesus in them, and we're going to watch them? And, we want, and they never came back to church. Thank God they were that smart never come back there. I was just dumb enough to keep hanging out there. It's not God. It's not the love of God. It's not who we are. So Jesus knew his purpose. He said, for this purpose, Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, I don't have time for all this, so... Let me, let, let me finish here. Go to Acts chapter 3. I know I'm going a little bit over, but it'll be worth your time. Acts chapter 3. If I'm past your time, you've got to go, take off, or you can go ahead and go to sleep. Either one you want to do. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. So they had a time to pray. Peter and John are going to go get prayed up for the day. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them who entered the temple. All things in there. So here, here's a guy who's lame. How long has he been lame? How long? Since he's born. That's the, now this has happened. To, now, now here you are ministering to people. 
You say, what's wrong? Well, I haven't been able to walk. I've had a situation. I haven't been able to walk for two weeks. Oh, okay. But okay, but, but just about two weeks. Okay, oh, well, let's, 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 let's uh, here we go. But then you get a guy who says, I never walked. Ooh. What's the difference? What, what does the guy who can't walk for two weeks have in common with the guy who hadn't walked all his life? There you go. <laughs> they, they, neither one can't walk. <laughs> Give us the blue ribbon. Both can't walk, right? So we put these things in classifications like the hard, hard, harder, 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 more anointing, more anointing, more prayer, more agreement, more whatever, more. And you woke up anointed before you even got to your Listerine. Can you imagine the Holy Ghost stay with you with no Listerine? Till you got to the bathroom this morning? Thank God, I hope you got some. Hallelujah. Now watch here. Who's seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, what did he ask for Peter and John? Ask what? Now what's that? Money, not arms. He didn't have arm problems, he had leg problems. He asked for alms, which he asked for money. Did he ask for healing? Didn't ask for healing, he asked for what? So he could keep paying that doctor. Probably. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, now, I'm going to teach you how, bless Peter's heart. Oh, he was always getting himself in trouble. Strike one, Peter said, look on us. Now, every good Christian knows you don't tell people sick to look at you. Don't y'all know better than that? You don't, you don't tell people to look at you. Does the church tell people to look on, look on me? What do they tell us to do? Look to the Lord, my brother. Look to the Lord. Strike one, Peter. He said, look at me. How arrogant. This man can't walk. He asked for money. Peter and John said, I don't have no money on me. He said, but look on us. So at, the, at this point, he hadn't told me he didn't have money. He said, look on us. And the man did this. He's expecting to receive something of, of them. Now, what is the guy expecting to receive still? Money. But now he finds out he's not going to get any money. Then Peter said, hey, I, we don't have silver and gold that I have none, but such as I have. Such as I have. So what does Peter think he has? He has the anointing, but what does he, but, but what does he tell him he have? He has the, what, the name of who? He thinks he can use the name of Jesus. Is it his authority? No. no. But whose authority is he walking in? When the policeman gives you a ticket, is he operating in his individual authority? No, he's operating in those who deputize him, so to speak. It's not yours, because if it was yours, here's what we're going to do. I didn't pray enough. They didn't pray enough. This man interrupted their prayer. They, get, they couldn't even get prayed up. It's, it's early in the morning. They went by Jackson. They didn't run out of chicken biscuits. They had no sausage or anything. They just had butter biscuits. They got no protein. Missing prayer. And the guys asked him money. They don't have none. And, and Peter said, look on me. Why would he do that? He didn't even pray it up. No protein. Always shooting his mouth off. He says, hey, look at me. He says, money? He says, no, I ain't got no money. He says, look, well, I'm looking at you. <laughs> 
You tell them to look, so we tell them look into Jesus, and they say, I don't see him nowhere. <laughs> of course you don't see him nowhere. You know why you don't see him anywhere? Because he ain't there. That's why he has you. You're, you're his representative. So the church has got to quit telling people things that Jesus never said, or you can't be his representative. You can't come in there with your sweet little religion and tell people things that Jesus didn't say and you represent him. What do you mean by that? Well, people say, well, maybe, you know, have you ever heard this? Jesus passed by that temple all the time and he never healed him. You ever heard that? I've heard that preached several times. I used to believe it. I can't believe it now. It makes me sick to my stomach. Anytime Jesus was walking, was he ever by himself? No. He had a, we, we know the woman issue, but had a throng of people around him. He could have easily walked past the man many times. Plus, they said they laid him at the gate of beautiful every day. But did, did, did they tell you what time they brought him? No, we don't know if he was ever there when Jesus came by. We don't, if he was there, we don't even know Jesus could even see him. So why do we read that into that? You say, well, the man pulled Bethesda, only got healed. How do you know? Because it said he only healed one. No, it didn't. He said it, it told you the one he healed. Did it tell you he didn't heal them, everyone? So where do you get that from? Why did Jesus heal that, heal that guy? Because he couldn't get it. He couldn't. He didn't have any help when the waters were stirred to get into someone get in front of him. He needed help. Another sacred cow. Well, God helps those who can help himself. Must, must not be so. Are, are you taking chairs to people who can't help themselves or do they come get them here in America? No, he goes to them and helps them and prays over them and get them delivered. And while they're there, it helps them, you know, they need help. I heard people say, well, well, why would you care? Why don't you just get them up? Well, why don't you go there and get them up? Some of you got to grow legs on them first. <laughs> get up on what? Are y'all okay? Amen. The, the book of John, chapter 20, uh, I forgot what verse it is. John said, these things were written in part of some, some of the miracles, but not all of them, in order that you might believe on Jesus. So John said, I'm writing some things, but I'm only going to write partial stories. So how do you know that the guy at the pool of Bethesda was the only guy? Who told you he was the only guy? But why did he help him? Because he needed help. So this man is asking for money, but he doesn't. Peter said, we don't have that, but look, look on me. He's ex, now he's expecting to receive something. He said, we don't have money, but what we have, he said, I give you in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Did the man rise up and walk? Yes and no. Did he, did he rise on his own? No. no. What did Peter do? He reached up and grabbed him by the right hand. Mistake number two, Peter, don't do that because there's a lawsuit right here. Alex, what's his name? Alex Shinar be all over you next week if this don't work out right. Well, I wouldn't want to do that and take that risk because what if they don't get up? I wouldn't want to give God a black eye. You ain't worried about God's reputation. You think about yours. God getting a black eye. Peter recently got the right hand and picked him up. Next step. And then the next step, the man began to, began to feel strength coming to his body after Peter initiated the miracle, picked him up. Now the man has the strength to rise, and then the healing is in process, and then he starts leaping and praising God. That sounds like a great day, right? Yeah. But it wasn't a great day for everybody. Because when they got into the temple, everybody's mad. Now, who, now who's mad? The guy who got healed? The people who's lost as you can get? Or the sad you see? 
The religious people's mad, right? So they come flocking to Peter, and Peter has to say, why do you look at us? Why are you looking at me? By our own goodness, our own, our own, our own ability, or our own, what do you say, holiness. That, he said, we didn't make this man strong. We didn't heal this man. He, he said it was, what did it say, verse, is it verse 16? Finishing right here now. Y'all hang on. Here it is. In his name, he, he tells you how this man got healed. And his name, through what? Faith in his name hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by who? Him, who's him? Jesus hath given him this man perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So there's the whole thing. There's, if you don't have nothing else, it's, it's his name and faith in his name that made this man strong. Amen. Ask your question and we'll, and we'll be dismissed. Anyone here saved? How did you get saved? Same thing, didn't you? Did you have faith in him? Did you have faith in his name? And that's how you were saved, really, right? We all had to have faith in him, receive him, and we had to have faith in his name to become a child of God, to come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So what you're telling me is I have faith. I believe that I have faith and had faith in him, and I believed in him, and I believed in his name, and I'm saved. So you got saved for you for the most selfish thing that you could, that you could be saved and saved from hell forever. So if you could, if you could use, if you have that kind of faith, or that you could have faith for you, that you could be saved by putting faith in him and faith in his name, then why can't you help someone else who doesn't know that and use that same faith in his name to get a lame man up and walk? Because you've already got it and you've already used it or you wouldn't be saved. Was it by, the, was it by Peter's holiness? His ability? We know the man ain't prayed up because he got interrupted. He said, we're going in there and the guy said, hey! Need some alms. And Peter, all his says, Well, look on us. You know why we don't say that? It's because churches don't disciple people no more. Have it for years. That's why you have Bible schools. In the Great Commission, did the Lord say go build Bible schools? Did he ever tell anyone to build a Bible school? Do we need them? Yeah. You know why we need them? Because churches won't disciple people. So we have to send them somewhere else because they got a little bit more interest. And so we'll send them somewhere. And we've got these seminaries and Bible colleges because churches do not disciple their people to be ministers and disciples of God. So you're called. Summary, you're called. You're anointed of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He hath already anointed you. The anointing is Holy Spirit who's in you. It's, it's his name and faith in his name. So if you're called, you are, or if you're born again, you're a what? A son of what? You're a son of God who, who serves. And who do you serve? You serve the people. So in that, you can say it this way. So I'm a son of God. Therefore, I am the devil's master. Did Jesus master the devil? Well, he anointed you as God, same anointing. And it's his name, it's his authority. Did Jesus master the devil every time with who he is in his name? You just got through telling me I got the same name and by his authority. So if you're a son of God, you are the devil's master and you are a man's servant.
Say that with me. I'm a, I'm a son of God. Therefore, I'm a master of the devil. And I serve people. But you can't serve people and get them healed unless you're the devil's master. And you can't be the devil's master unless you're the son of God, a, a son of God. But if you're a son of God, you have just now become the devil's master. And because of that, now you go serve the people. Back it up once again. I serve the people because I'm master over the devil because I'm a son of God. Well, I go down to Ebenezer Church and they don't teach that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just going by the Bible with my little ignorant self. Now, did I, is this scripture? Is it? Now it's time to act on it. Not just a special few who feel called to go help people. Are you a son of God? Do you know who you are? Really, all, all I'm teaching you is how, who you are in Christ. That's all I'm really teaching you. There's so many keys, but if you just had, if you had his name and faith in his name, this person who thinks their body's sick is not really sick when you, when you rebuke the devil and tell the pain to where it's to go. You say, well, I've done that and it don't work. Okay, let me, let me explain that real quick. I've done this and it don't work. No, you, 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 you started off, now keep doing it. See, all, all you can give is what you got, right? Now, it, it's not that it didn't work. How many of you ever sell a house bricked? Do they generally do a whole house in one day? Or do they work from the top to the bottom or bottom to the top? Bottom to the top. So when you go out, they have to start off on the foundation and, 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 and they put what brick upon? In between that brick is what? Mortar. And then they go so far and they say, more let's knock off. Then they come back tomorrow and where do they start? To the bottom again? Where they stopped at. And, where they, and, when they, and what do they do that? They add to where they, where they left off. And the next day they add to that. And the next day they add to that. And eventually they got to the top and then you say, well, they break this house. So you may get someone healed the first time just like that. It may not happen. But, but it's not that it didn't work. Just go back and add it again. That's how John G. Lake got all of them healed in healing rooms. He said, we're going for the whole thing at one time. But, you, but if you'll come here for 30 days, he says, you'll be healed. He didn't have one person who was not healed, not one person, in Spokane, Washington, not one person who wasn't healed, who agreed to come to the healing room for 30 days. He had 100,000 terminal people healed. He did not have one person who was not healed. Now, he had to be the luckiest man in the world, those kind of odds, or else he knew who he was. He said, now, I know all the measure of Christ belongs to me, not just part of it, all of it. He said, but I'm, I'm learning how to work with it. He said, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you what I got, but I'm not going to come back tomorrow because there's still a little pain and say it didn't work, I'm going to add to that. Now, don't go wild on this, and this is really my last and final saying right here today. So this is, I, I don't have scripture for this, and so I'm telling you this, this is John G. Lake. He said, by experience, that's, and he's telling you, by experience, I have learned through experience. And a man who's laid hands on thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Have you ever got 100,000 term people healed? So if a man told you how to do it, you ought to listen to him. He might know. I mean, don't, don't tell him it don't work that way when he, when he I mean, if you've got 100,000 people healed, you don't do the talking. Or they don't do the talking, you do. Amen. So he said, he said, what I'm doing, I'm doing it day by day by day, and we add to the measure, and we add to the measure. And he says, and I'm training up people. 
What was he doing? Discipling people. But, no, but discipling is like this, what? I'm following Christ, now follow me. But we don't say follow me, because if we say follow me, we might have to say look on us. Well, we don't say look on us. We say look to Jesus. But you're his representative. But don't, you, you can't go off and keep saying things that he didn't say. Because they're religious or they're accepted in, in, in church. You have to say what Jesus said or you're not his representative. Hmm? I can't tell you that, that Brother Jamie Franklin, if it was football, that his team is the, is the uh, uh, San Diego Chargers. He, he might like them. I don't know. But I think, he, he, at least he did, I think he's a fan of the Washington Redskins. Am I, am I still right about that? So if, if I send you a shirt from the Atlanta Falcons, are you going to wear it proudly every day? It's just not your thing, right? But if I get you something for your birthday with the Washington Redskins, you might wear a hat like that, right? Oh, I do. So I can't go and talk to him and say, man, we're a, we're a Falcon fan. He's not. He's a Redskin fan. And, and an Alabama fan because he knows God. He has, Jesus, he has Jesus in his heart. So that, that, just take that. Take that tape. So John G. Lake said this. He says, through experience, we found out that when we can get a person 70% healed on the inside, he said the symptoms will go away. Now, that, that's not, but he would tell you that, John G. Lake would tell you that actually healing is a science. It's, it's, he said, in other words, the power of God is mechanical. He said, but what you do is you lay hands on someone and you don't get your result or you don't get it for yourself and you stop. He said, a brick mason would never do what you do. He would say, we started on it. We're going to come back here in the morning at 6 o'clock. We're going to get the brick and mortar, and we're going to mix it up, and we're going to go again. And by next week, he said, we're going to have this house brick go to the next one. Why don't we do that? You have, you, you have the name that's just above every name. So if that's the body and it's sick, why do we just say, and she said, well, it still hurts. Well, the, the devil don't give up that easy. But whatever we bind is bound. So I have to rebuke that thing. So if I go tighter and tighter and tighter, she feels the pain, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me when you feel it. Oh, you feel that? So what's hurting? Your finger. But, but why is it hurting? Jesus' name, I rebuke that. Are you healed now? No, you're already healed. So see, she was already healed. All we had to get, do was get rid of the oppressor. And we, we thought this thing was sick. It wasn't. It was this. The pain that you have right now, you, you think it's your body. It's him. You say, well, I, I don't have a name for it. Well, do you have a name over cancer? Leukemia? AIDS? Well, if you got AIDS, God's paying them back. Paying them back? Where'd you get that? What, what, what company are you in? There'll be a final judgment. He, he's not paying anybody back. Jesus said, he said, all the judgment of the world is passed in me. And he said, I judge no man. So if Jesus ain't judging nobody right now, why, why are you doing it? Why, why is your church doing that? Amen. Jesus said, all judgment has been passed to me and I judge no man. He says, and so now we're going to. When Katrina went through Louisiana, it didn't get all Louisiana. How come it didn't get Bourbon Street? There's no sin on Bourbon Street. How come it didn't jump over to the coast over there with some flakes and, and whatever and all kind of people 
together and marrying them. Is, is the hand of the Lord too short he can't get from Louisiana to California? Did those, did those cities get rebuilt? Yes. You know who built them? FEMA. When, in the old covenant, when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, did FEMA come back in and rebuild them? No, FEMA couldn't touch it. When, when, when God destroyed it, it's gone. It's it just gone. When the walls of Jericho, did you ever read where they went back up? No, they didn't go back up. <laughs> this help anybody? Yes. Do we need this? And you're, you're something powerful in him. But see, you're in him and he's in you. Why do we need it? Because we have union. Whatever's in him is in me. Anything ever happens to him, you in a mess. But it can't. In Jesus' name. So I speak to life. That's all, all we're really doing is just releasing life. I, I agree with you right now for your body and for those of you watching, if you have sickness or pain in your body, I agree with you right now. Now, if you're born again, that life is resident in your born again spirit. Right? The same spirit, Romans 8, 11, 14, isn't it? 11. You know about that very well. You use that scripture. The same spirit, same, same spirit, not first cousins, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Where was he dead at? When he died, they put him in a tomb. But did he stay in the tomb? Where was he at? He was in hell. Hell. Now, what, what raised Jesus and got him out of hell? Huh? Holy Ghost. The, the same anointing that abideth in you. The same anointing, John said, that abideth in you, not in your pastor. You say, well, I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, well, good. But do something when you don't feel it. Because you're, you're anointed whether you feel him or not. The Holy Ghost is not the feel-good department. Well, I tell you, we had a service last night, and the anointing just fixed it. You, you ever heard it? How to, you could cut it with a chainsaw. I've been in a service where you couldn't feel it, nothing touched it, it looked like everybody was dead. And I said, I, we, same anointing, and then nothing's changed. So John Jalek said, if, if we, we add two, and he said, just by the experience of thousands and thousands and thousands of people, when I keep on renewing their mind to these truths, and then we, we may minister to them, he said, when we get them 70% on the inside, he said, the symptoms all begin to disappear and they go away. I don't have a scripture for that, and I, I injected that already. But can you see that? When a house gets 70% bricked, can you see the Whatever I mean, what's the the what? Yeah, when you but what what's underneath that the phone, the insulation or the whatever you you can't see that behind the wall from the ground up, right? Then after a while it gets to the top and you can't see anything but the brick. You can't see what's behind it. As you keep building these things, and, and that's why these these healing rooms is important, and that, and that's why you you keep on ministering that life. I just release life. So I, I'm agreeing with you right now. The life in you, you, you need to tell the life in you to rise up out of your spirit because it raised Jesus from hell. The same spirit, not his first cousin. Same, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from hell, he said, is, is abiding in your spirit. Amen. This is the highest level for a Christian to receive from. There's many lower ways to do it. We can anoint with oil. 
But the highest is to say, I, I release the anointing, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I release him right now to rise up out of my spirit and then, just, and then send it forth where it goes and, 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 and continue to do that and continue to do that and release life. And you, you rebuke those symptoms each and every day. You're not doing it again because it didn't work once again. You're doing it because you're in the process of doing it. I got healed of a hernia the same way. I prayed the same way. I read the same scriptures over and over again years ago, and I had a hernia, and it was right there. And man, if you touch that thing, you're looking for a bucket to bend down and tie on shoes. Oh gosh, it was it was terrible. And I just sit there and I and I read the scriptures because the scriptures medicine, and I laid hands on my stomach like this, and I and I told that hernia it could not stay in my body. And I spoke to it, and then I, I don't even know when it happened. I just know two weeks later, we were roofing the church, and I wasn't roofing it, but I was there when the, when the tin came, the new metal came for the church in Clanton, and all of a sudden a windstorm, I mean a bad one came up, and they were trying to get it off, and it was starting, the tin was starting to go like this, and it was flying through the air, which is not a good thing. And then I saw one piece go up in the air and then it came down and it stuck through a toolbox. And uh, so I saw one coming towards me and uh, I did both things. I, I, I yelled Jesus and I noticed the guy who brought the, the, the tin in his pickup truck, the right window was, was almost all the way down. And I, I was a lot younger, but I ran and said in Jesus' name and I jumped through his window. Never have jumped through a car, but I did that day. And, that, and then that slammed into the truck and, and it cut through the truck. So afterwards, we had all this metal. We had to buy more because it was destroyed. We, we, we were having to pick it up. And, you know, you pick up a, what is it, 12, 16 foot? It's kind of heavy. And we were picking up two or three at a time and putting them on there. And then all of a sudden I thought, oh, my God, I can't do this. And we got through and I went in church and I, Went in my office and there's a mirror in there and I opened my shirt. And the, uh, the hernia had already been gone. I don't know when it disappeared. The angel didn't come tell me. I wasn't holy enough. I'm jumping through windows. Running from tin. Metal. Who sticks through trucks. A guy who couldn't tie his shoes. I mean, I, I just ran as hard as I could, and I could see that tin coming out to me, and I just saw that window was down, and I just and I hurled through the air, and 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 I it was about that far up, and I went, and good thing I was skinnier, and I went right through that window, crossed the front seat, and I fell in the floorboard, and it bam hit that truck, and I got up, and in, and that tin was sticking in the truck and through the toolbox. So healed ma'am with no hernia. Has a hernia in mid-air, I'm healed of a hernia. I wasn't interceding. I didn't have time to tithe. I hadn't done any Hail Marys. Healed. Now I violated every church rule that you can today. Time, everything. But this is where we got to go. 
this is where you got to go. When you get to the people who need the help, you got to bring Jesus to them. You can't bring your church, and you can't bring good intentions, and you can't bring sympathy. Sympathy is good. Sympathy is pity. Compassion is power. When you have compassion and the love of God for people, the, it will engage the power of God in you. And that's where holy emotions come from. You have other emotions that work against you, but that God gave you emotions, it, it can work in your benefit. Have you ever got so mad looking at people that are sick and the devil's destroyed their life that it brings you to tears, but it makes you angry? Have you ever had holy indignation? And when you do, the power of God's ready to reach out and do things that you never thought possible. I gotta stop here or else we'll go into part two and three. <sighs> Y'all are good. You're you're you you're you're easy to minister to. You're you're hungry people. You're people after God's heart. Everything's trying to go the other way. Can't do this, can't meet this, you know, wear a 14 mask. All, I mean, that's fine, wear the mask. I don't, who cares, wear the mask. But I am not, I'm not believing God for that mask to keep me safe. I hate to be crude, but it's like a guy was wearing one and the guy had some stomach issues and I don't know, it's been a good way to say it, but he, he relieved himself in the sense of, I guess he would call had gas. And the other guy said, I don't know if he's mask work or not. And I said, why? <laughs> he said, because Frank here just did this. He says, and I can smell it through my mask. I said, it may not work then. I don't know. <laughs> if you can smell that through his britches and your mask, I don't know if we save. I don't know. You know. I apologize if I offended you. But, but, but you ought to get out there where people live and, and the, these little things won't offend you in church. Get out there where people, you know, you may have to leave the nation, but get out there where, where, where it, it's real. I mean, the rubber meets the road. And you can't come in there with, bringing in the sheaves full of ticks and fleas. No, you, you, you got to come in there. Jesus is Lord. He's king. And you got to know who you are. And that I, I'm God's son. That means I'm, I'm the devil's master and I'm going to serve these people. And I can serve the people because, I, because I am, I'm a master over the devil. And because I'm only a master devil because I'm his son. And, and it, you're either that or you're none of it. You're either all of that or you're none of that. Amen. There's no in between. God bless you. Pick me up and turn me